that tone means it's time for another edition of the Bearded Carcast. This is our annual, I think it's our second annual NCAA bracket extravaganza. Well, we couldn't have one last year, no. now could we? But so it's not the second consecutive. No. It's only the second annual. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to the Bearded Carcast. I am Mike Pacheco. My wheelman today is Dave Friedman, as always. Well, today 9 22 a.m. We have crossed the border of North Carolina into Tennessee. We're on the way to Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament. We've got brackets to talk about. We've got a cool trip to talk about. We are going to do podcasts close to daily this week. And I think you're really going to enjoy some of the things we have in store. Obviously, we're going to talk heavy about the tournament and about the brackets today. But in the coming days, we're going to talk more about our travels and what it's like being around a tournament that's in a bubble. You're not going to be around players and coaches, so you're going to be, it's going to be a different, a different atmosphere. Yeah, it's going to be completely different, but I think everybody to a person, uh, fortunate that it's it's happening. Last year was such a, it will cover this, it's, it was such a devastating loss for the players. And, you know, it's sad for us too. We, we really enjoy going to the NCAA tournament and you know it's somewhat for broadcasters I think it's somewhat of a convention because you run into a lot of people now it's going to be interesting social distancing in place uh, but everybody's going to be basically in in uh, downtown Indianapolis there are two locations that are outside Indianapolis of course at Bloomington at uh, IU and at uh, Fayette for Purdue University so 15 years ago Winther beat Notre Dame in the NCAA tournament I don't know if you knew that did they? Yeah. At, oh, well, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So was I. My dad was, too. <laughs> That's right. Bruce. That's right. Um, and we did what we normally would do for the NCAA tournament. We got on the charter, yeah. traveled with the team, but we also got out and about and saw some of Spokane and enjoyed the area and our time there. That was before there was digital and social media. We weren't doing any of that sort of stuff. Right. But, but that kind of was the birth of do what we do now. Yeah, to a, to to a degree. Um, but our colleagues at the Rock Hill Herald, Andrew Dice and Gary McCann, went about that trip in a different manner. Right. They drove. They drove. From Rock Hill yeah, it was to like Spokane. 5, 000, it was like 6,000 like 6, miles, wasn't it? Round trip was like 6,000 miles, yeah. 6,500 miles or something. And they stopped along the way and wrote stories and did interviews and saw the country. And they I still hear when I talk to Dice about the prairie dogs wherever they ran into them and Antoine Harris's hometown, Clarksville, Tennessee, where they stopped at McDonald's and called one of the assistant coaches, Paul Molinari or Randy Peel, and they put Antoine on the phone and they said we're at the McDonald's in Clarksville and he said oh the one at exit 106 or 108 and they told him and he said say hey to Joe and Tina for me and we could have flown to Indianapolis and broadcast the game just like the radio teams at 40 different schools will do but that that's not us that 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 is that is not seeing and feeling and smelling and eating our way there. No, and this is really uh, a kind of a culmination of what we've been doing over the last 
couple of years since we started doing the bearded car cast and trying to really just and I think you said it very well on the video we put out yesterday it's you know it's giving a taste of what life is on the road for us seeing something cultural or historic uh, sometimes scenic uh, seeing just some great food across this country and then just telling our story uh, and kind of relaying what we see and and uh, not, not just with games but you know with all kind of walks of life sometimes it's pop culture uh, but we hopefully always entertaining and I know Dave as much as we like to keep talking, people are really going to start to get interested about what's going on with the brackets. We'll get to the brackets in a moment, but quickly we'll outline what we'll give a uh, a uh, table of contents. Okay. So we are on our way to Corbin, Kentucky. Corbin, Kentucky. Corbin, Kentucky. This is basketball country. Uh, Kentucky, obviously, Big Blue Nation. And Frank Selvey, who played at Furman is from Corbin and scored 100 points in a game. And that's where our our first stop of the day will be. And then we're on to Cincinnati. Corbin also the first ever KFC. So we'll get a little lunch at the first ever KFC. Um, Then to Cincinnati, where Coach Kelsey has kind of done an extraordinary job of setting us up to see all of the people you want to see in Cincinnati, and I do not mean the mayor, I mean <laughs> the people with the Reds and the people with Elder High School and the people at Xavier, and he has a very uh, big in. I, I, I don't know that I was surprised by this, but appreciative he's gotten in with the people at Kelsey Chevrolet. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So we'll go check out the dealership. We're going to get a good meal today, and uh, we got some, some other great surprises locked in, but... Uh, Corbin is going to be interesting. Um, the story of Corbin. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. You know, maybe we'll tell it later in the week because uh, well, we don't have a story to tell right now. But uh, that's going to be interesting, I think. And then, really, some neat stuff uh, cooked up as we get ready to to get into Indianapolis. And then, as we yeah cross the border into Indiana, that's basketball country. That that's where basketball is a religion, and we're going to try to hit on some of those religious points along the way. But. It's March. It's March. The bracket is out. And I used to tell my wife's friends who didn't know me particularly well when they said, you know, what are you interested in? I said, you know, I have a passing interest in sports. <laughs> and I have a, a passing interest yeah. in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Yeah, slightly. I'd say it's a slight passing interest. I, no, I, it is, uh, I would say it is kind of your life's passion. The NCAA tournament and the Triple Crown. Those are my passions. Yeah. That's why I like Kentucky so much. Indeed. Great horse Indeed. racing, great basketball, but not this year. Well, but we need to put this in the context, though, because if there's a game on, you're probably watching it if you're home. The only exception would be if you're at a game. Otherwise, uh, beginning in November and ending in April, you're watching college basketball, and, and, and not just the—I mean, it's not just the Power Fives. I mean, you're up late, you know, watching that WCC matchup with Pepperdine and uh, and and St. Mary's. No question, the uh, championship game of Con USA. What a barn burner between Western Kentucky and North Texas late on Saturday <laughs> night, where. One team, North Texas, was up 17-0, trailed late in the second half, went six of 
31 shooting in the second half, but can to three, forced overtime and one. And North Texas is opposite Winthrop in the bracket. Winthrop takes on uh, Villanova Friday night at 10 o'clock. And then if Winthrop wins, or if Villanova wins, they'll play the winner of North Texas and Purdue. And having watched games helps you broadcast games. And having watched games helps you know players and teams and strategies and, and so forth. So it's fun, and we enjoy doing it. And we enjoy doing it. All right, should we dive in? Let's dive into the brackets. We're diving into the brackets. We're going to start. I'm driving, yeah. so Mike is kind of going to yeah. anchor this, yeah. and then I'll add my 10 cents. All right, well, let's start with the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. They will take on the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State. Gonzaga is the best team in the bracket. That doesn't mean they're going to win the national championship, right. but they are the deepest team. They are maybe the best offensive team. Jalen Suggs, their point guard, is ridiculous. The type of guy that Gonzaga couldn't have gotten 10 years right. ago, but now guys go there. I think Gonzaga's bracket's pretty easy. I, I, I like how it sets up for them. I think they'll be in the Elite Eight. I think there's a very, very good chance they'll be in the Final Four, and it's totally justified. They were the best team at the start of the year. They've been the best team at the end of the year. You can say the WCC not nearly as strong as some of the other conferences, particularly the Big 12 and the Big 10, which are way, way better than anyone else this year, but out of conference, they beat the bejesus <laughs> out of just about anyone that came calling. And they are justifiably the favorite and the number one seed. And they are playing the winner of a playing game. It's cool that App State's in the tournament. Dustin Kearns has done a really good job there after leaving Presbyterian. I know that we have several friends that wanted to see App State if they want a playing game matched up with Michigan. Yeah, Michigan, yeah. The, the football right, right. thing. But, uh, yeah, good for them to be there. And uh, as I said to someone about Winthrop, the nice thing about being a 12 seed is you're not the sacrificial land. Right, right. You, you have a chance. And, uh, and I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but you said that, what, it jumps up from like 15% to 35% your chances of winning? Yeah, I mean, each seed line has a different percentage historically. The number 16 seed has won only once in the history of the tournament, whereas 15 seeds win something like 5% of the time, 14 seeds win about 15% of the time, and it goes up from there. But yeah, 12 seeds are right about 35%. Okay, so now the winner of that game, which we assume will be Gonzaga. <laughs> Seems like an excellent assumption. Um, Oklahoma and Missouri, the 8-9 matchup. Love Oklahoma. Love Oklahoma. Think the Big 12 was the best conference this year. Lon Kruger is a terrific basketball coach. Yeah, it's not a, a great, brilliant Oklahoma team. I think I like everything about Oklahoma better than everything about Missouri. And that's not to say that Quanzo Martin hasn't done a good job. He has. But but I, I much prefer Oklahoma. All right, so looking at uh, the 5-12. Now, when Creighton came up, you know, we knew that that was a possibility that what could maybe be in that that line. It would, of course, be a little bit later. But the uh, I'm anti UCSB. Big East. I don't I yeah, don't like right. the Big East. I think that Creighton has problems. Greg McDermott, their coach, got in some pretty significant trouble for remarks he made, 
And it looked like the team might band together and, and back their coach. And that worked for a couple games in the Big East tournament. And then they got smacked in the championship game by 30 against Georgetown. I don't know if UCSB is going to beat them. I think that Creighton is vulnerable. I don't think the Big East had a good year. And, and uh, th that's not a team I have going far, regardless of who they're matched up against. Number four, Virginia. Number 13, Ohio. I'm high on Virginia. They have huge question marks. You don't know what's what to deal with with the COVID issues. Yeah. Like, 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 you don't know what practice time they're going to get in. You don't know... Uh, you know, who's going to be able to play, even if they're going to be able to play. But Tony Bennett is brilliant, and they don't have a team that's going to win the national title like they did two years ago. They don't have a, a lottery pick to be that, that top dog, the DeAndre Hunter. But great system, great coach. They had that, you know, loss to UMBC in the first round. They, they, they're going to be ready so long as they're healthy. And I generally like some of the mid-level ACC teams. I don't know that I'm as high on the top ACC teams, but the mid-level ones I think are solid, not spectacular. All right, so the bottom of that bracket, number two, Iowa, and number 15, Grand Canyon. Bryce Drew in his first season kind of after a very short exile out of Vanderbilt. I'm not speaking about the first round of the tournament, but I don't really like Iowa. They just don't play good enough defense. Luka Garza is a terrific offensive player, and Fran has done a good job for a long, long time at a variety of places, but I just don't trust them to get a stop when they need it. All right, now, so next up is, so the winner of that game plays the winner of number seven, Oregon, and number 10, VCU. I love Dana Altman. I don't know that there's a coach in the country that improves his team more from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Yet they weren't good in the Pac-12 tournament, and I think the Pac-12 was crummy. I just I watched USC a bunch. Colorado played great at the end of the year. I think they're more of a sum of the parts team. I mean, they're they're well coached and, and good senior leadership in the guard spots, but not abundantly talented. I, I just don't think the Pac-12 was great this year. If there's one team though out of that league that, that I have a little interest in, it's Oregon. Peyton yeah. Pritchard is terrific, and boy, I, I just don't wanna don't wanna get in Dana Altman's way this time of year. All right, so then. Uh... Number three, Kansas. Number 14, Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington is big, which you don't usually see from a low major team. And, and this is a team that has won kind of consistently. They're a 20-22 game winner almost every normal season when they actually play 30 games. Um, I like Kansas. I really do. I think the Big 12 is terrific and that's a team that's not not your normal Kansas team. They're not crazy talented. They really came together, though, down the stretch. And before the COVID break, I thought they were playing pretty good. Again, you don't really know, like Virginia, what they're going to be like out of not practicing and all of that sort of thing. So they're vulnerable, but generally I like them. All right, our next play-in game, and we're talking about the West Bracket here in the Bearded Carcast with Dave Friedman, I am Mike Pacheco. Number six, USC, taking on the winner of Wichita State and Drake, former Missouri Valley Conference rivals. Of course, now Wichita State in the American, and uh, Drake still, of course, in the 
Missouri Valley. I'm not in on USC. I don't like the way they play. They are really, really talented. Sometimes it kind of feels like they're fighting each other. They don't seem to be cohesive, and I think both of those playing teams have a big chance. All right, South Bracket. Number one, Baylor against number 16, Hartford. Hartford Hawks, John Gallagher, John Gallagher, first ever trip to the NCAA tournament. Gallagher, one of the great characters in college basketball. Uh, Pete Thamel wrote this week that he had 750 people at his wedding and has 100 first cousins. Obviously, they're overmatched. Baylor is not getting the love that they were um, a month ago. They haven't played amazing recently. They're really good. They're really, really deep. It's hard to trust Scott Drew, yeah. but I, I, I like Baylor. And if they're in the Final Four, if they win the national title, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to pick them per se, but I respect them. All right, the 8-9 game fe features some very prominent teams in college basketball. Number 8, North Carolina, against number 9, Wisconsin. Yep, and Wisconsin might really benefit from not playing hard-hitting Big Ten teams. And their, their style is probably more conducive to trying to big boy people, and it's hard to big boy other teams that are doing the exact same thing. North Carolina is, is incredibly talented. The winner of that game will give Baylor a good game. Um, I don't have a strong opinion. I, I like both North Carolina and Wisconsin. Do you want to do a breakout of number five going over number 12 wins a little bit later and we'll skip to the next matchup? Maybe even on a different podcast. Maybe. We're going to have time over yep. the next several days. Okay, so number four, Purdue, and number 13, North Texas. Yeah, I, I've only seen North Texas play that once. I wasn't abundantly um, impressed. And Purdue is, golly, you know, if you're an alum of Purdue, how happy are you with Matt Painter? Yeah. A responsible adult year in and year out. They play their style. They recruit to their style. They're good at it. I, I, I like Purdue. I respect them. I, I think they're good. All right, going to number two, Ohio State, and number 15, Oral Roberts. I, I, I'm being completely honest, I have not seen Oral Roberts play. I know very, very little about them. I like Ohio State because I like the Big Ten, and I like Chris Holtman, yeah. and I think they're good. The Big Ten teams to me, and I like Illinois a little bit more. Michigan, I would probably put on the same plane as Illinois, but we don't know about Liver's injury and how bad that's going to be. Everyone else in there, I view fairly similarly. The, the second tier in the Big Ten, a lot of very good, maybe not a great one in that group. All right, so the winner of that game will take on the winner of number seven, Florida, out of the SEC, and number 10, Virginia Tech, out of the ACC, with the ACC Coach of the Year, Mike Young. Virginia Tech and Texas Tech are probably the two below-the-radar teams that I'm most interested in. I thought Virginia Tech was playing really well before they went on that COVID hiatus. Mm -hmm. Then they came back and they got a game or two in. I thought they played okay or pretty good in the ACC tournament. Now they'll have had another week since the COVID break. They should be healthy. They should be practicing. Huge Mike Young guy. Did it great job at Wofford. Should have had a bigger opportunity many, many years earlier. 
disciplined. I, I, I like them. I, I really do. I like Virginia Tech. All right, let's go reverse order here since you just mentioned Texas Tech. The uh, number six Red Raiders taking on number 11 Utah State. I think Texas Tech is one of the scariest, most under-radar teams in the bracket. This is a team when we last saw them in the NCAA tournament that was going to the national title game. And, and you know, it took it took heroics for Virginia to beat them. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, they don't have the same players. They had a right. lottery pick on that team, all of that sort of stuff. But Beard is really, really good. And they played toe-to-toe in the toughest conference in the country, in my opinion, this year, the Big 12. I think they're going to be a real tough out. I don't like Utah State. I thought the Mountain West was mediocre, and that might be putting it nicely this year. San Diego State, best team in the Mountain West yeah. by by a little bit of a distance. The rest of those teams, the bubble teams in Utah State, n- not huge fans. Three fourteen matchup is Arkansas out of the SEC and the Patriot League's Colgate, which has one of the best nets, surprisingly, uh, for a school that didn't really have a big sample size. Yeah, I watched the championship game for Colgate. And they know their system and they run it well. I'm conflicted on Arkansas. I like them more often than I don't like them. I don't really trust them. I I mean, they're going to win a game or two. I I don't see them as a Final Four team. I know there are others that really, really like them. I don't think I'm as high on the SEC as some others are. All right, so that wraps up the South Bracket. Let's go to the Midwest. Number one, Illinois, against the 16 seed, Drexel. Yeah, Drexel, great story. Beat Elon in the championship game. It had been a long time coming for the Dragons. I like Illinois. I, I think they they kind of have everything you want. They've got go-to guys. They're well-coached. Played in a really tough conference. They, they're a tough out. All right, so the next up uh, in that is the 8-9 matchup, Loyola-Chicago. At number nine, Georgia Tech. Kind of this is the worst story. seeding in the bracket. Yeah. Loyola Chicago is not an eight-nine game. Loyola Chicago is a five or a six seed. Watch them play. They are every bit as talented as the team that went to the Final Four. They have some of those guys back, including the big guy. I think it's Cameron Krautwick or Crashwick, something along those lines. Porter Moser is going to have a Power Five job really, really soon. I think they're very good. They can make a long run. We are in Tennessee, and number five Tennessee taking on number 12 Oregon State. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State and Georgetown both made their runs. Georgia Tech made their run. I shy away from those teams. I think they gave you all they got. They accomplished an unbelievable goal to be an upset winner of their conference tournament, and I think that they probably fade to black now. I, I, I'm not... I'm not high on those three kind of surprising conference tournament champions. Tennessee, to me, is, is it's really how I feel about the SEC. I think they are solid, good, not spectacular. I'm fine with them. They can win. They can easily go to the Sweet 16 again. I don't see them as a Final Four team. The winner of that game will take on the winner of a team that we're familiar with, number 13, Liberty, and number 4, Oklahoma State. Very, very interesting game. Reminds me a little bit of the game that you and I watched. I believe it was when we were in Denver. Um, Winthrop played in the NCAA tournament probably uh, 12, 14 years ago in Denver. I think they played Washington State Washington when State. Tony yep. Bennett That's was right. the coach at, at Washington State. And 
immediately before, or maybe it was immediately after, I think it was immediately after our game, uh, Texas hit the court. That's right. With a young man named Kevin Durant. That guy, yeah. You've heard of him. Right. And they lost, I think, to USC. And that was the end of Kevin Durant's yeah. college career. Yeah, one of them. So, in this game, you got Kate Cunningham, who is the most talented player in college basketball, and is going to be a top five, maybe a top three, could be the number one yeah. overall pick in the draft for Oklahoma State. And they're playing Liberty, who plays Virginia style. Pack line defense, use up all the clock on offense, tempo your opponent, slow it down, try to win in the last five minutes. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Mike Boynton's done a really good job at Oklahoma State. They are abundantly talented, and I'm big on Big 12. I certainly am picking them. Liberty, they... They've won the conference three straight years, conference tournament. They might, they might have the right style to make that interesting. And that's a game that you and I may get a chance to see some of because that's immediately before yeah, Winter's game yeah. on, uh, on Friday. That's right. All right, number two, Houston, and number 15, Cleveland State. Houston plays like in the Peach Jam. It's like an AAU game every time <laughs> they hit the floor. My God, are they athletic. They also can really defend, so that's not AAU-like. Right. But I, I feel like I am on the American Conference every year, and more often than not, I'm disappointed. Samson can coach. We all know that. Yeah. He's got really good players. That's an excellent job and a very good program. They're going to win their first-round tournament game, I certainly suspect. I don't know how far they go. I don't trust them, but I respect them. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know how good this year the 14s, 15s, 16s are. There were a ton of upsets in the low major conference tournaments. Yes. And because of that, I'm not sure we're going to get a maybe no 14s, 15s, or 16s winning because normally you've got you know some team who, for whatever reason, isn't thought a lot right. of, but they were the dominant team in their small league. Yeah. This year, we, we just don't have that. All right, so next up for that uh, winner, it'll be the winner of number seven, Clemson, and number 10, Rutgers. Interesting game. Not one I have a strong feel for. I like Brad Brunel a lot. I've always been uh, a fan of his. I think he runs a program in the right way. I think if you're a basketball guy, he really runs good basketball, disciplined, strong defensively. Um, I like the Big Ten better than the ACC. And Rutgers is kind of one of those, like, good, not great Big Ten teams. I, I slightly in Rutgers. Ooh, indeed. Okay. And uh, next up, to kind of finish up the, the bottom part of that bracket, number three, West Virginia, number 14, Moorhead State. I don't pick against Bob Huggins. No. I love Bob Huggins. I think he is maybe not the best, but one of the best, and he gets the most out of his players. He knows how to run his system. That's the team you do not want to see in the bracket. They play in the Big 12. They've been through the wars. They're tougher than nails. This year, kind of rare for them. They've got to go to offensive guy. I'm very, very high on West Virginia. Number six, San Diego State against your alma mater, number 11, Syracuse. Either of them lose to West Virginia probably by double digits. <laughs> uh, 
I'm not high on the mountain west. San Diego State, regular season and postseason champions. They're the best team in the league. Last year, if there had been a tournament, they were going to be a number one seed and very well could have won it. It's a good game. Uh, Syracuse coming on, play, probably playing their best ball of the year. The zone is so tough to prepare for, for teams that haven't played against it. That's why they've got a terrible matchup potentially in the second round with West Virginia. Huggins has seen that zone a million times. I don't know. I, I, I think Syracuse gives them a good game, probably a good game. All right, that closes up the Midwest bracket. Now on to the final bracket, the East, with their top seed, Michigan, against Mount St. Mary's, the 16th seed, in a play-in game against our friend Randy Peel, who's on the staff at Texas Southern. Johnny Jones and Randy Peel have done a terrific job this year. They always play that monster, ridiculous schedule out of conference. They get through that. They navigate. They, they must have played, look it up, they must have played 10 games in the final 24 days of the yeah. season. I mean, and then into the tournament, then they win those three games. I, I give Coach Peel and his his... Uh, colleagues, a, a ton of respect. Got a couple of transfers as they tend to do at Texas State. They're, they're good. I like them, and I'll be cheering for them. Um, yeah, uh, you know, if Livers is healthy, Michigan's going to be in great shape. My guess is he's not going to play the first weekend, and they're probably good enough to get through those two games without him. If he's not available long-term, that, that's a problem. All right, and so the... Uh Winner of that game takes on the winner of number eight LSU and number nine number nine St. Bonaventure. Yeah, um, you know LSU is what we've come to expect yeah. of them. They're Will Wade's deal, and they are talented. And I mean they they look good in the SEC tournament. I mean they they they're very very capable. St. Bonaventure is another team. I don't think their seedings right. They feel like more like a six seven to me. Eight ten regular and postseason champions. Maybe the eight ten was down. I don't know how much they right. were down. Uh, Mark Schmidt's done a remarkable job at St. Bonaventure, and I, I, I like the Bonnies. I'll certainly be cheering for them. They, they can win a game, and they, they can give Michigan a game, too. This matchup next is a, a matchup you thought maybe Winthrop was going to be in for. Number 5, Colorado, against number 12, Georgetown, the 8th seed in the Big East Tournament. Yeah, I don't like either of them. I don't like the Pac-12. I think Georgetown has, has played their game uh, Colorado, like I said before, really good team. They play as one. I, I don't think their upside is, is really, really high. Next matchup, uh, two teams Winthrop has played recently, one uh, a couple years ago, one this year. That's number four, Florida State, who Winthrop played a couple years ago, and then number 13, UNC Greensboro. Winthrop beat them, winners of the Southern Conference. And we're all cheering for Leonard Hamilton, right? He's yep. 71 years old. He's won a million games. He told us some great stories when we were there. He's a great storyteller. He's a good person. Um, we're kind of near his hometown. Isn't he from suburban Tennessee somewhere? Oh, no, he's That's County, yeah. Yeah, so he's from suburban North Carolina and worked, worked in, 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 in Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, he, while this has not been the case recently. His NCAA tournament resume and record isn't very good. And they have been prone to getting upset. They are really talented. They were more talented last year. They, they, had, they had a Final Four-plus team last year. This year, they're good. When they play their best, they look like one of the five, six, eight best teams in that country. I don't know. UNCG presses the whole game. I don't love their 
number of scorers. I mean, Isaiah Miller is, is terrific, might be the fastest player in the entire bracket. Um, they're good. The SoCon is good. If, if, if FSU turns the ball over, UNCG can win the game. This will draw some eyeballs because of who the head coach is. Number two, Alabama, against number 15, Iona, with Rick Pitino back in the tournament. Yeah, I love, I mean, more than anything, I love that Rick Pitino packed for the Metro Atlantic Conference Tournament suits. Now, th this is COVID. Everyone's wearing Bob Huggins track yeah. suits. He, he packed, you know, you know, Rick Pitino's suits cost five oh, figures. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why he's still wearing them. He packed <laughs> enough suits for the whole Metro Atlantic Tournament. They were the nine seed and for six NCAA tournament games. Like, he packed, like, that's ten suits. He works at Iona. He's brilliant. Rick Pitino is brilliant. Say what you want about him off the court. Say what you want about his recruiting practices, yada, yada, yada. As good as a college basketball coach as we have seen in a long, long time. Not the guy you wanted to see line up against you. I don't know doesn't have players. I mean, like, there's no reason right. to think they're going to win a game. But, hey, you know... Don't really want to face Rick Pitino. Well, sometimes that 15-2 is a, is a sneaky upset, too. All right, so the winner of that game will take on 7th-ranked uh, UConn against number 10, Maryland. Yeah, Mark I don't Turgeon. know. I, I love Danny Hurley. I don't think UConn is great. I don't love the Big East, but I, I do think he is a great basketball coach. Um, Maryland... I like the Big Ten. They're certainly not my favorite team in the conference. That, that feels like it's a goes down in the final two minutes sort of game and probably low score. Next up, number three, Texas. Staying in Texas with number 14, Abilene Christian. Yeah, I, I'm conflicted on Texas. Love the Big 12. Wonder if they played their best games in the Big 12 tournament and, and they're going to, you know, win a game or two and fade at that point. Again, not a lot of teams in the bracket I can say this about. Haven't seen Abilene Christian. Don't know much about them. Number six, BYU rounding out the bracket here, Dave, in the East. And this is, this is talk about heavyweights in NCAA history. Number 11, Michigan State and UCLA. BYU is overseeded. I have watched them a bunch of times. All anyone remembers is them leading Gonzaga by 11 points in the WCC final. I've seen them play some good games. I have seen them play some bad games this year. There's nothing wrong with that. that, that that's that's okay. But I loved BYU last year. They were going to be my final four sleeper as a five-ish, six-ish, seven-ish seed last year. They're not the same team this year. They're well coached. They're old. They're good. They're disciplined. But but they're not. They're not a great basketball team um, those playing game teams you don't really want to be on the other side of Tom Izzo right I mean yeah. it wasn't a great year for Michigan State but they have enough big wins now they've got a whole bunch of losses to good teams but they've got enough quality wins that you go wow they they, they, they could be dangerous alright so we will have we mentioned we'll, we'll kind of dive deeper into the 5-12 matchup in the South with Villanova and Winter matching up. We'll do that a little bit later. But just a kind of a quick 
appetizer, if you will, on the NCAA tournament here on a the Gridiron. And, and a couple of other kind of periphery points. Yeah. A lot gets made of the bubble teams. Right. I, I just don't care. This is why college basketball is great and college football is awful. In college football, no little guy gets a chance, and we, the fifth best team in the country doesn't get to play for a championship, doesn't get to be in a bracket. Bubble teams in college basketball, 68 teams make it. If you cannot get yourself to number 68, tough luck. Yeah. Whether that's St. Louis or Louisville or who, whoever else that you know you wanted in, if Syracuse hadn't made the tournament, that, that's their own fault. You're the one that put yourself on the bracket. It is an absolute joke that Belmont didn't get an NIT. NIT, yeah, absolutely. Belmont had a phenomenal season. Yeah, I understand that they don't have the resume. Well, they didn't get to play a whole bunch of power conference opponents. If Winthrop had not won the Big South Championship, they were going to be in the same boat as Belmont. And I thought that meant they would be disappointed not to make the NCAA tournament and they would get to play in the NIT. For whatever Mississippi State is, you know, 16 and 14 or 14 and 12 or whatever, they get to go to the NIT and Belmont doesn't, give me a break. Who is who is more deserving? Who does it mean more to? Like, like, like that, that's outrageous. Well, and I think that's one of those situations, too, where would you rather have kind of the eighth or ninth team in a Power Five conference, or would you rather see a team like Belmont in the tournament? I, I just... I'd rather see Belmont in the tournament than Utah State and UCLA and some of those other teams. I mean, UCLA's record looks good because the Pac-12 is deemed to be better than the OVC. And generally, we can say they are better because of what they did in the non-conference, but there wasn't really a non-conference and UCLA's fine I like Mick Cronin I think they really defend and I think they're going to be tough in the tournament but Belmont didn't do anything wrong right and Winthrop can you imagine if the Big South Championship game you go into the Big South Championship game you're 22 and 1 you're you're having one of the great years in school history you were unable to play a bunch of non-conference games because the pandemic came. You, you've done everything that can be asked of you. You lose in the championship game. Let's say, uh, you know, Campbell got hot or whatever. You had a bad shooting day. And now th- there's no postseason. The year is over. Th- that is galling. Galling. That's right. This is the Bearded Carcast. Hope you'll follow along all week. Our social media channels at Mike Pacheco 81 for me, at Friedman underscore Dave. For Dave, we'll have uh, probably daily updates here on the Bearded Carcast. Also, you know, we're going to do a lot of fun social digital stuff. Right now, we are on our way to Corbin, Kentucky. Oh, one, one of, of the Frank crown jewels yeah. of this country. Yes. I don't know that I haven't been there before. Yeah, so we got, I think we got another hour and 14 minutes. That's right. Before we get there, can uh, you eat KFC at 11:15 a.m.? I think. Well, in these parts you can eat at any time. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening at Bearded Carcast on Twitter, Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. If you have a comment, 
And also make sure, uh, wherever you're listening, whether it's on Stitcher, all one of you, uh, or iTunes or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and let us know what you think. 